0: All right, so in your homes, let's stay connected. Uh, you know, throughout the Bible, there's story after story of how God's people responded to all kinds of, of crisis. Today, I want to look at one of those stories, and um, as your pastor, I think it's my responsibility to help lead you so that you can respond biblically to the crisis in life. I mean, the challenges that we are facing today Boy, do we ever need some perspective, and so uh, I take my job seriously, and I want to come into your homes as as your pastor, and I want to give you some perspective today. For so many, this is a very scary moment. It it really brings uncertainty to our life, and it's in this uncertainty that pushes us up against uh, this question, and it's this right here, what are you going to do now? Will you panic, will you freak out, or will you trust God and look for strength and peace in Him? Will you live your life by fear, or will you live your life by by faith? In Exodus chapter 14, uh, this is what God's people were wrestling with in a very fearful time in their, in their lives. And I, I believe that this familiar story, if you haven't read it, you probably watched the movie. I believe it has some helpful application for what we are going through, not only in our nation, but around the world. So, here's the scene. You know the story. God's people have just been let go of 400 years of slavery, and they are now on their way to the land of promise. And they come to this body of water called the Red Sea, and there's nowhere to go. And Pharaoh has now changed his mind, and him and the Egyptian army, they, they, they have changed their mind, and they want their slaves back, and so now they're coming, they're coming after him. So here is Moses and two million people, God's people, and they have nowhere to go, and they're hearing the roar of the chariots coming, and they know... Man, they're in trouble, and they are absolutely scared. Listen to the text here. In, Acts, in Exodus chapter 14, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there, there, there they were, the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. God's people did. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us up out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in this desert. So here is God's people. Their backs are against the wall. And they're having a very natural human response to their crisis. Kind of like what we're doing right now with our crisis The first thing the Bible says that happens in the story is that they were scared. The Bible says that they were terrified. Now, this is a natural human response, isn't it? I'm sure we've all had that that fear and being scared. And and here's what I want to challenge us as a church is you might start off scared, but you cannot afford to stay scared. Because when you're scared, and when you're afraid, and when you're fearful, and when you're terrified, the truth is, is you make some pretty bad decisions. I mean, do you really think that you're going to use more toilet paper than usual? Do you really need to stockpile all that up? Uh, You need to leave some on the shelf. My wife's been looking for some. It's, It's amazing the crazy things that we will do. In times of crisis, because we're scared, have you, have you hoarded enough Perel to possibly take a bath in it? How about the ammo, the guns? It's amazing what people are doing. Like, really? You need more ammo? You need guns? Like, really? Is that, is that what we're going to do? Is that what this has come to? It's amazing what fear will do to our lives. You know, The Bible is very clear that, that fear brings torment. To your life. When you fear, you're going to be tormented. The Bible is very clear also that what you fear is actually what you attract. Wow. Why is that? Because fear, hear this, is faith in what you're fearing. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. And here's the problem with fear is fear, are you listening? Fear cannot fix your problem. So the Bible says that they were scared, and then it progressed to the next thing. Then they became sarcastic. I want you to hear this because this is another human response to, to, to trouble, to situations, and we all have a tendency to go through these responses as we get scared and then And then we move into this thing called sarcasm or being sarcastic. Notice what it says here in verse 11. It says, "Uh, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us up out of the desert to die, Moses? This this is sarcasm here. Hey, Moses, was there not any, 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 any places to bury us in Egypt? Hey, hey, Moses was... Are the funerals less expensive here in the desert than they are in Egypt? You've got to see the sarcasm in in the text. In fact, in verse 12, it says, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Wow, really? Moses, didn't we tell you in Egypt to leave us, that that we we like our our beautiful homes and our great careers and, and our bright future? Listen. They had no beautiful homes. They had no bright future. They had no great careers. They were slaves. This is not true. They were begging God, if you read the story, for God to deliver them. They were begging for Moses' help. What's going on here? They're scared, and now they have become sarcastic. They're just mocking their leader. They're being reckless with their language. They're looking to blame somebody else it's a natural human response when we're going through the stuff we're going to through it's we get scared and then we become sarcastic and we begin to look around to blame and they were blaming their leader it's your fault and boy it doesn't take long to to look around to see that we've kind of moved into that as a nation right i mean uh, it doesn't the blogging the 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 social media and The things that people are saying about leaders and leadership, instead of respecting and honoring and realizing whether you like them or not, God has put them in that seat of authority and that we're not to blame them and and use sarcasm against them, but we're we're supposed to pray for, for them. But it's a natural tendency, a human response that when we get scared, we get sarcastic. And so, they became scared, they become sarcastic, but then they moved. To the next stage, and they begin to imagine worst case scenarios. Uh, some of us are professionals at this, right? Worst case scenarios. Wow. Here's God's people, and they see their situation and they conclude the worst case scenario. Notice in verse 12, they said to Moses, It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians to d- than to die in this desert. This is crazy. Nobody has died at this point, but they've concluded, right, that life is over and the worst has come. So they're scared and they're being sarcastic and they're blaming their, their leaders and they're posting things and they're, 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 they're talking trash and they're being mean and they're being angry, and now they've, they've moved on to a place where they're imagining worst-case scenarios, I know for myself, I've kind of gone through that if I was to be honest with you. I know that I have woken up several times in the night listening to my mind conjure up ridiculous stuff, all kinds of worst-case scenarios, bad outcomes. Why? Because, because they have messed with our life. I've woken up and begin to entertain the thoughts of, wow, we, we can't have church. Well, what are we going to do? Where, where's the people going to go? Are they going to come back? Well, what if they don't give? We, we, we have staff to, to, to pay. We have bills to pay. We have we have outreaches to do. We have a, a city to win, a, a nation to reach, the gospel to be preached. What if they don't go online and give through technology? What if they, they don't meld? We we could go under. I could be without a, a job, and it's so easy to just begin to imagine the worst case scenarios i've seen in my mind me and my wife on the corner with a with a paper sign saying we'll work for food it's crazy it's crazy what your mind will do in times of crisis but again this doesn't help fix the problem your 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 fear being being scared doesn't fix the problem no your sarcasm certainly isn't going to fix the problem and and imagining worst-case scenarios are not going to fix the problem. No, they're, they're all typical human responses to crisis, and it's understandable. But listen, it's very unproductive because they will not and cannot fix the problems we're facing. Now, catch this. It's at this point. Not going to be much longer, but it's at this point that Moses gives us a clinic on leadership. I love it. He tells the people, "Hey guys, there's a better plan. Pastor Moses has come on the scene." And he says this on Exodus in Exodus 14:13, he says, "Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today." Catch that? Moses is saying We need to abandon the fear. We need to abandon the sarcasm. We need to abandon the worst case scenarios. And we need to adopt a better plan, a God's plan. What is that? A plan where we fear not. A plan where we stand firm. A plan where we expect God's help in our situation. I like this plan. You know why I like God's plan that Moses is talking about here? It's because it's straight out of the Bible. Wow, God's plan is this, church. God's plan is to fear not. Some of you are thinking, is that, is that even possible in times of crisis, like what we're dealing, dealing with today? Well, um, can I remind you the most repeated command throughout the Bible that God gives us, the most repeated command is fear not, do not be afraid, do not fear, And God would never ask you to do something that you were not capable of doing. So when he says, fear not, don't be afraid, you have the ability to fear not. You see, when it comes to fear, you have to see it as an enemy to your life. And you have to resist it, and you have to stand up against it. The Bible says that if you will resist the devil, well, what does he look like? Fear. If you'll resist the devil... He will flee from you. Can I remind you what Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul's talking to a young pastor. He says, hey, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, spirit of fear, an attitude of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 26 and 3 says this, God will keep him, what, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. If you will fix your mind on God, you will have peace in your life. If you will focus on God and not the problem, you will have peace in your life. It is possible to fear not. In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Come on, coronavirus, lack, shortage, my job. Don't worry about anything. Well, what am I going to do if I'm not going to worry about them? Here's what you're going to do. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Listen to this. Then you will experience God's peace. Wow, that's what we need. That's God's plan. God's plan is to fear not. And then Moses says, and you need to stand firm. That, that's God's plan, standing firm in our faith, standing firm in our belief, standing firm in God's promises, we stand firm. Trusting in our God. We stand firm in a God knowing that he's got this, that God is in control, that God is not in panic mode. Listen, we're standing firm knowing that God has not forgotten us. We're going to stand firm knowing, listen, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. We're going to stand firm, church. We're going to stand firm knowing that greater is he that's in us than any disease, any plague, any disaster, any lack, any shortage that would come against us. That's what we're going to do. We're going to refuse to fear. and We're going to stand firm. We, we're going to stand firm knowing that God takes all things and works them out to the good. It doesn't. The Bible doesn't say it's good or things are good. It says, but he'll take those things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he'll work them out for your good. For who? For those who Love him who called by his name. Come on. Come on, church. Come on in your homes. Come on, our families, our children, our neighbors, our cities, our nations, our world. They need to see God trusting people who are standing firm. So Moses tells them we, we need to refuse to fear. We need to stand firm. Come on. This is our marching orders today. This is our perspective. Come on, in your homes, let's focus. Let's get this. The third thing he says to the people of God, he says, we need to expect God's help. It's amazing to me that in times of crisis, what you really believe about your God is revealed. Isn't that a shock? It's amazing, right? It's all good when it's all good. But when it's all bad, you really you really realize who you trust in really quick. I like what Moses said to the people. Moses said, "Hey, just watch this, guys. God is going to deliver us." He said, "Hey, we need to expect God's help." So I have a question for you and your homes today or wherever you're at streaming this. Who and what are you expecting? Are you expecting God's help? Are you believing for God to show up in the crisis? Can I remind you, God has got a pretty good track record. He's never failed. Oh, he's never failed. He's never failed anybody yet. I'm here to tell you, God's got this, and you can expect his help. So here are God's people. They're freaking out. They're being sarcastic running their mouths, and they are imagining the worst-case scenario, but I love it. One guy shows up on the scene and stands and says, hey, guys, there's a better way. You can stick with your plan, but I'm going to go with God's plan. I'm not going to fear. I will stand firm, and I will expect God to deliver us. I will expect God's help. And do you know that when the people, some 2 million people, God's people made that stand, made that commitment, notice what happens here in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Boy, somebody needs to hear that today. Come on, we're not going backward. We're going forward. Come on, this disease isn't going to take us out. Come on, lack and shortage is not going to take us out. I've got a word for the people watching today. Come on, we're not moving backwards. We are going forward, going forward in our health, going forward. Come on, in our, in our resources. We're going forward. Come on, in our relationships. This is absolutely amazing. He says, go forward. And then he tells Moses, lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea. Divided, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground, catch this, through the midst of the sea. Now all over, all over this nation, I want you to hear me today. I want you to hear this because this is an important part, and this is what you need to hear. This is absolutely amazing. God creates a wind, and that wind drives the water back, and some 2 million people go through the very thing that they feared. Did you hear me? In fact, the Bible says that God, out of his nostrils, breathed the breath and caused the waters to wall up. And God's people went through the very thing that they had been fearing. Think about this. God didn't take them around the Red Sea. God didn't build a bridge over the Red Sea. God didn't even build a tunnel under the Red Sea. And he certainly didn't give them a boat, a canoe, wave runners to go across the Red Sea. You know what God did? Hear it today. God took them right through the Red Sea. God took them through the problem. I'm here to tell somebody today that God is going to take you through the this. Come on, did you hear it? Come on, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. You need to tell somebody in your home. You need to declare it loud and clear. Come on, church. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it through this. Why? Because our God is helping us. I think what God is teaching us in this story is that we need to choose faith over fear. God's plan for us is not being filled with fear. It's not being sarcastic and imagining the worst-case scenarios. Here at God's plan for us is to fear not, to stand firm, and to expect God's help. That's our help today. Come on, that's our response. That's our response to crisis That's our response to trouble. As we begin to close this service, and we're going to go back into worship. The band is here. You know what's amazing about this story? I want you to think, can you imagine getting to the other side and then watching your enemies completely destroyed as God caves the water back in on them? Here they are watching what had been harassing them, what had been tormenting them, what had been fearing them. They get to the other side, and they're watching as God's help comes. And the Bible says that their enemy, the Egyptians, was destroyed once and for all. You know what happened? You know what happened after that? The very next chapter, chapter 15, the Bible says that they went into a worship service and worshiped their God like they had never worshiped before. I think this would be appropriate right now. As you have heard the, 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 the word of God and how we respond to crisis, that God is working on our behalf and that, and that our enemies are being destroyed and that we don't have to panic and fear I want us to go back into these two songs, and I just want you to make your homes a place of worship. I, I want us to make a big deal. I-, I don't know what they were singing. They were probably going, God, God, you're awesome. Man, I- 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 God, you're amazing. I, I mean, I- I- it's almost like you would be speechless. Like, what do you say? And I just really believe as we go into this worship, I believe that what we have need of in every home, in every life, in every family, I believe you're going to see that. I believe you're going to sense the presence of God and the power of God in a way that you haven't ever before. So right in your homes, whether you're sitting, you might want to change your posture, stand, whatever. But can we as a church family, one church in many homes throughout this nation, can we as a church family, can we lift our voice? And let's give worship like we never have before because we know we're coming through this. Celebration, we're coming through this. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.